Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. My name is Ali Melnicki, your host, and I am joined again by my coworker Robert Kowalski. And we are ready for hopefully another jam-packed weekend of football games that I don't know about you, Robert, but at least for Sunday, I don't think I've seen back-to-back crazier games in my life. No, you didn't. You didn't. And I don't believe anyone that follows football in, in any way at all can't say that this, I mean, forget it. It's not even like Sunday, just like, I, I strongly suspect this is probably the best four game divisional round I've ever seen. Absolutely. Right. You know, given that we've seen that those three games decided by kicks on the final play. And then of course, you know, the, the grand finale where the chiefs tied the game with a 48 yard field goal at the end of regulation and then uh, won it in overtime. Yeah. And let's, you know what, let's talk about, let's like go straight in and talk about that game. Cause I haven't stopped talking about that game since Sunday night. And my first instinct when, cause you know, I had the bills with the upset, um, took the points anyway, but I had, I had them on the money line, but when there was 13 seconds left and the bills kicked off for a touchback, I was like, why, why would they do that? Like, you know, anything could happen. I get it, but shed a few more seconds off the clock. Uh, what was your take on that? Yeah, I, I, I've seen it. I, I don't know how many times I've just watched the, the final two minute sequence plus the overtime countless times already. And I thought, ah, well, I, I couldn't be the only one to think, you know, maybe you should do a squid cape here, you know, just get, take some time off the clock and just squib it. But I don't, I don't know. I'm supposing that it, everything works itself out the way they have to, you know, did they leave too much time for Mahomes? I, I guess you could ask if Kansas city left too much time for the bills. Yeah, I, I think it was, you know what? It was like one of those games. I think even if you left patch from Mahomes a second on the clock, something crazy <laughs> would have happened. Um, but that was a game after, after Kansas city kicked the field goal uh, in overtime to win. I think uh, not kick the field goal, scored the touchdown in overtime to win. My first instinct was we got to do something about these overtime rules. And you know what? I know it's a knee jerk reaction, but in my defense, I've strongly been against like the overtime rules for a while. I am a firm believer touchdown or field goal score doesn't matter. You give the other team at least one more try. I don't like this coin toss. That's all about luck deciding, you know, who could ultimately get the opportunity to score and win a game. What's your thoughts on that? Right. So in context, if we go to 2010 and just count playoff games, uh, where of course it's not sudden death unless the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, we've got 11 games. And in those 11 games, teams that won the overtime coin toss have a record of 10 and one. The only team that lost was the saints to the Rams. Uh, seven of those 10 teams scored that sudden death touchdown on the opening drive. You know why? Because quite frankly, they're really good and they got there for a reason. And, you know, in, in the playoffs, you're, you've got really fine tuned offenses that, you know, can put together a, a play. You're probably looking at uh, a defense that's been spent. And so once you reach to those high levels, uh, you know, it does probably end in, in sudden death touch on at least that's what the statistics have shown i don't know what the right answer is i really don't i i i said to myself well look these aren't carved in stone right you know why are rules made to begin with right without getting too philosophical here i would have to say why not you know take a good long look at the the college football system i don't think that there's anything wrong with that and I, i think that's a pretty equitable way to final you know finalize a game uh if I had to go anywhere, I'd probably start right there, Allie. Yeah, I'm with you. And I actually like the college football overtime. Um, for me, I mean, it's it's very exciting, especially we saw that, you know, what was it, that Alabama-Georgia game a few years ago that was just back and forth, back and forth. Right. Um, I just think that, you know, I'm glad they got rid of the the field goal being like the sudden death on the first possession because it, you see guys kick 60-yard field goals nowadays. But yeah, whether, you know, and, and I'm not opposed to just making the change for the postseason when games, you know, right, right. End in a tie anyway, 
But I just think that, you know, your season boils down to a coin toss and that's just not. Now, I will say, yes, I will put the onus to the Bills defense did not step up that that possession. Um, They could have found a way to limit Mahomes and company and, you know, force a field goal or force a a turnover or punt, whatever. But just in my opinion, you know, this is you know one of the biggest games of the year. And to let the game come down because Josh Allen called tails and not heads. Just to me, I'm like, I don't it. This is professional football. It shouldn't be decided on that. No, no, it shouldn't. Especially once we saw a, a game where we I honestly think we've seen like peak sports <laughs> anywhere between Allen and Mahomes. I mean, the, the stats, I'm sure everyone's already poured over both of them. Uh, Allen and Mahomes both passed for 300 plus yards three plus touchdowns completed 70% of their passes, no interceptions. Both of them led their team in rushing. Uh, you know, no other quarterback in history has accomplished all, all of those feats in a game, regular season or postseason. We had a both right here. Uh, too bad that, yeah, you're right. You know, now we look at it and you're like, well, too bad. It really did have to end that way. Yeah. And, you know, let's just move on really quickly. Um, you know, one the game probably that was lost the most over the weekend was Cincinnati and Tennessee. Um, you know, I obviously that was the only pick I had right this past weekend. <laughs> but you know, watching Sunday's games, that was a uh, those are two games where I don't care uh, unless you bet the over and you were set on that game on those games. Whether you took the Bucks with the points, the Rams with the points the bills or the chiefs with the points, you know, no one could have predicted the craziness of that game. So I don't think whatever bet you took, you were wrong. Um, but yeah, let's going back to my point on the Bengals. That was a, probably the game everyone forgot. And I mentioned it on our podcast last week that even though I had picked the bills to go to the Super Bowl for the AFC, I had said that I can see if the bills and the chiefs go into this ridiculous shootout, which they did over time, you know, late Sunday night ending, whatever. I could see the winner of that game falling flat this Sunday. And you have Joe Burrow and the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, looking at how the game was, I, I'm, I'm still parsing the pieces of, of how the Bengals won the game. How, I mean, if I would have told you that, hey, uh, we had a football game and the starting quarterback got sacked nine times, uh, would you tell me that they were going to win? Probably not. No, I, I think that we finally have seen the, the Ryan Tannehill regression. Uh, you know, they were lacking a tight end. You know, Derek Henry, uh, I, you know, he's clearly not the Henry of old, you know, but I honestly think that this all falls on Tannehill. Uh, I, I thought that the defense, the, the Bengals defense was going to have a harder time, uh, you know, but he was Tannehill. That is, he was a lot worse than I thought. So I, I'm not quite sure how much credit. I should give to the Bengals defense, uh, you know, are we looking at, you know, how much is uh, the Bengals giving up all those, all those sacks for was what I'm talking about. You know, how much is that on the offensive line? You know, how much was that on Joe Burrow holding on for too long? Right. How much of this is on Zach Taylor? Uh, so I just think that, I mean, look, I know I'm, I'm just looking at that one game, you know, but to me, it just, feels like a completely unsustainable sack rate, you know, Burrow definitely, you know, can avoid the rush. And when he does and, you know, connect, you know, connects with Jamar chase, you know, Oh boy, it's, it's great. It's great. So, you know, ultimately, you know, they did get the upset of, of number one, Tennessee. They definitely did it, you know, by, you know, winning the third downs, um, you know, I think it was almost like 50% of the third downs is one Cincinnati completed on Tennessee. It just jumps out to me. Cause I remember they were one for eight. They just couldn't finish. Yeah. They simply couldn't finish. Um, and you know, they also, Tennessee also had the fourth down failures. Uh, so, you know, in the end, I, I just think that Tennessee ended up becoming just really stubborn, uh, about using, you know, Derek Henry as the workhorse. He, you could clearly see he had no explosiveness, little acceleration. I mean, heck, Allie, I think you and I both would feel the same if we had a, a, a pin and a plate in our foot as well. So yeah. I, I, I can't blame him for one, you know, one bit there. I, I, you know, but, you know, I think it's just this was a grinder coin flip. And, you know, the, the Bengals ended up doing everything that they needed to do. 
to break free and, and win this game at the end. Yeah. And I said that last week, I wasn't sure, you know, how Derrick Henry was going to re- respond after being away for so long from football and recovering from that injury. And you, you're right. He didn't look like himself. And yeah, the point you made about Joe Burrow and the sacks and everything is spot on. Like you look at that box score and I watched the game and what I think it's a, it was, there was some sacks that were mixed between an O-line problem. And that was probably the first game I've watched of Burrow all year. And I've seen a lot of Bengals games. They were one of my like favorite teams just to watch this year. He just didn't look like he was like in his his usual mobile self. I don't know what it was, but there were a lot of times he just didn't try to like avoid the pocket quick enough or try to get away. So, you know, you wonder if that was maybe some jitters were getting to him playing on the road in the playoffs because they played the first wildcard game against the Raiders at home. And maybe he snaps out of it this week. And, you know, he got that under his belt. Um, They are going against a Kansas City team that they already have beaten. And I think that does a lot to the confidence. It's like you're not looking and staring up Goliath when you already beat the Beast um, earlier in the year, even though that was in Cincinnati. But I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to pick the Bengals to do the overall upset. I know it's a big spread, seven points. Um, you know, whether or not the Bengals end up upsetting the, the chiefs, I would be more than confident taking those seven points, especially what we just saw Kansas city have to play through, you know, four quarters plus half of an overtime, um, to defeat the bills. Uh, but why don't you talk about the line and if you were surprised with the opening line and what your uh, pick is? No, no, I, I don't think I'm, I'm surprised with the opening line and, and, and landed right on the seven. Um, you know, I, I think if you take a look at, you know, the, the, the game that they played where the Bengals won 34 to 31, uh, the total is what was a little bit of, of a concern for me. I, uh, we took a look at uh, a number of factors in, in setting our line, and we saw a few places open up the uh, Cincinnati-Kansas City game uh, 53 and a half. I, I said that, that we, we can't go that low at all. We can't, I mean, it's this, it's the same total as today, you know, but you know, Buffalo to me is a far better defense than Cincinnati. Uh, right. you know, th- you know, these two teams, as we said, they both played on January 2nd, eh, Ali, I mean, they put up 900 yards, yeah. 65 points. And each of them were North of seven yards per play and seven and a half yards per pass. The Kansas City defensive injuries, you know, I, I think they're they're starting to pile up some more. That's going to be very concerning with three wide receivers. I just think that this one's going to be wide open. So I, I guess we could uh, glean from that. I, I definitely like the over in this game uh, today. You know, we're looking at it as of now. Um, uh, I'm at 55. Uh, there's 54s out there. There's some 54 and a halfs. I think I'm the highest right now, pretty much anywhere in the state. And that's for a reason. I just think that this is going to be a game where, uh, you know, the Bengals are going to need to collapse the pocket on Mahomes right. and, and close out his escape plan. Uh, <laughs> and, and they need to make it a shootout, you know, to win. They're not going to win 19 to 16 like they did last yeah. week. Um, you know, but, you know, Jamar Chase simply carved them up the last game. You know, what can you do to stop him? You know, he's, he's one of these great new next generation players that there's nothing you could really do once he has a ball in his hand heck his ability to commit offensive pass interferences and get away with it is incredible already and i think if they lower the boom you know with a safety you know then t higgins or you know zuma is going to be too good to be left alone on an island and suddenly this is a last possession type of game so i I think ali i i have to side with you i think cincinnati does keep it close um not going to quite say that they're going to win the game, uh, but I, I will, I, I will think that this is going to be um, a, a really high scoring affair uh, that just probably going to be, uh, you know, we're going to find out who the winner is at the very last possession. Yeah. And I don't think, and I'm not trying to, you know, just be another public better, but I don't think there's anything you could say to convince me to bet the under it's like, if I'm going to bet the total, I'm going to bet the over or not bet it at all. But yeah, with these two offensive powerhouses, like 
I don't think that number could be too high for me to take. And like you said, it's going to come down to a shootout, in my opinion. I don't think these either of these defenses are elite. Um, unless, you know, what I was saying about Kansas City falling flat goes true. But then, you know, how do you stop Cincinnati? So I'm with you. I think that the over is a great bet to take. You know, I would recommend anyone that's listening right now to this podcast, take it today, take it tomorrow, take it anytime before Saturday, because I think, you know, it can raise another point or so. And just that's that's a line you jump on. If you jumped on it earlier in the week, power to you. Um, but the over is definitely a play. And I really hope we do see a good shootout game for this. Not that I dislike defenses, but when these two teams played, you know, like you said, January 2nd, that was just, that was a fun game. That was a really fun game. Um, and I'd love to see another one just like that. And, you know, both teams scored in the thirties. Like that was another overtime. That was another over to bet that game. So I'm with you on that. I think this will be a fun game. Um, maybe it's a little bit of my bias too, not wanting to see the Chiefs, you know, in a third straight Super Bowl. But I've been on the Bengals as a dark horse all season. I think that even if the Bengals were playing the Bills, even though if the Bill, I took the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, I think I still would be on the Bengals to potentially catch the Bills falling flat and an upset. So. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to go straight money line, go big or go home for me. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with you, Ali. And, and for those, I mean, I, look, we are talking from a betting perspective. We've always been talking from a betting yeah, perspective. Right. That's, that's kind of the show. That's our bag. So if you are leaning towards uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, wait, I, I, you, you can't do any worse than the number is now. They're sevens. As a matter of fact, we're starting to see some seven, three, uh, three nickels. There's some seven twenties out there. So it, there's only one way this thing goes. It's either going to you know stay at the seven or it, it may burst to seven and a half. And if you're a Bengals backer, you know, obviously, you know, can't wait for that seven and a half. Um, and then for me, it's, it's definitely the total. Um, and, and I like over, uh, over the total of 54, if you find it, you know, 53 and a half is long, long gone. Uh, but I just think that with the way that they've performed uh, and the situations that both of these clubs are in today, uh, I just think that the Bengals offense is going to keep it close. And I, I think it's just going to be one of those, you know, come fourth quarter, uh, mm -hmm. last kind of a possession game where we're going to find out who's going to win it on the last possession and uh, I don't know, Ali, I suppose uh, after I now say all this, you know, watch, we get some really bad regression from Joe Burrow. I hope I'm wrong, though. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? You know, we've seen <laughs> even before Patrick Mahomes, though, we've seen Andy Reid kind of choke in, in these big conference championship games. Um, I know Patrick Mahomes is a different animal, but, you know, it's it's hard to go to back to back Super Bowls, let alone back to back to back Super Bowls. And this was a Kansas City team, you know, the first few weeks of the season, we were asking, are they done? <laughs> and now they're one yes. one away from going back to the Super Bowl. So, yes, yes, it's crazy things. But now that we're on totals, um, let's talk about a total that from my perspective has looked like it's been trending downward a little bit. But in the other game of the weekend, the Rams and the Niners, um, I saw it opened up a little about 46 and a half. Um, I saw on a few books, it's about 45 and a half now, mostly 46 elsewhere. Um, but that was, a, this is a matchup, you know, before we dive into the spread and the money line of these two teams, I feel like the, when the Rams and Niners play each other, it's always a low scoring game, but people want to bet the over because they know the Rams explosive offense, but the Niners don't have that. And people forget with the Niners is that they stretch these games out, you know, running the ball behind, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson Jr. So for me, first in the Rams and the Niners game before I pick a team, I looked at that at that total and I was like, I'm going under with that. It is it, it is correct. Uh, we we saw a 46. We did see a 46 and a half that disappeared in a real hurry. And I think that was one of the first numbers that came out moments after the game concluded. So, Allie, we take a look at how 
the history plays itself out. We already know this is game number three. The previous two games closed 51 mm -hmm. and 47. Now we're down to 46, 45 and a half. Right. Largely suppressed from San Francisco, barely scoring in Green Bay, I think. Right. I just don't think that, you know, Allie, I, I don't believe that this game warrants the lowest total of the season for the LA Rams. Mm, interesting. I, I think that the Rams can attack the 49ers secondary. We can go into that once we start talking about the sides. Right. And I just think that the Niners offensive scheme is perfect to counter the Rams defense. So for me, it's actually over the total. Wow. That would be, that would be my lean. Okay. I understand <laughs> that. And, and you know what? No, you make a good point. Cause like for me, you know, seeing my first, my first take saying that it's going to be under is like, you know, I'm going to the trends from the last game, but right. I like your analysis of it. And, you know, I was kind of thinking the opposite too, because when I put, saw the Rams put up all the points they did against Tampa Bay, my thought was they're not going to do that against San Francisco. Um, you know, with San Francisco's front seven and the secondary, I just had a thing that, you know, San Fran has the Rams number and we saw the Rams be explosive against the Cardinals. We saw them be explosive against the Bucks, but people have to remember too, in that Bucks game, the Rams did not have a good second half at all. I mean, they almost blew it. They did blow a 27 to three lead at one point. Um, and then, you know, they needed the last drive to win, but for me, I don't know. I just, I think this is a low scoring game. I think that, they're just the, the the Niners are gonna find a way to draw out the clock. Um, similar when they played Dallas in the wild card round. I think the first quarter they had the ball for almost like 10 minutes or something like that. So for me, I just I'm leaning under, but I can you know, I'm with you. I think that there's a good case to be made for the over as well. Um, is there like a tilt you're seeing? Are more people taking the over or the under? Right. Actually, this one's kind of almost 50 50. I have right now, it looks like I calculate this. This is 58% of the bets are going under the total. So it's still early. Uh, and I, again, I, I think that just based on the uh, Bay Area bias that I experience on a weekly basis, uh, booking the Niners, um, I, I think a lot of uh, recency bias gets played into the ticket count right now. Uh, and we're going to see an awful lot more as we get closer towards the weekend uh, in, in terms of which way it's going to push itself. Got it. Yeah. No. So let's go in the, into the game. Um, you know, it's probably my worst nightmare living out in LA that I have two California teams playing <laughs> here for, it should be, it should be your joy. <laughs> well, as a new as a New Yorker, it's like the opposite. You don't want to see West Coast teams celebrating <laughs> up here. But um, yeah, it's kind of similar to Tampa Bay last year because Tampa Bay, you know, they had well, they played in Green Bay for the championship game, and then they had home field advantage for the Super Bowl because it was at Raymond James Stadium. But essentially, the Rams could be literally finishing the season playing the two biggest games of the season at their home turf. Um, I would like to know if there was what the odds were at the beginning of the, um, the playoffs of the Rams having home field advantage in the Super Bowl. If I look back at the futures, but you know, who would have thought they'd be hosting the NFC championship game and that we wouldn't see an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady there. Like that. Not, that not, yeah. yeah. Not many at all. No, it, it, I forget. I saw the stat, like something like it's been over a decade since not one of them has been in there, but you know, the Rams, they, they surprised me this past weekend. I didn't think they'd have a shot against Tampa Bay, but they came out explosive. I wonder if with Tampa, it just didn't look like Brady was right. He didn't look like himself that game. I wonder if his age and finally not having all the offensive weapons he's used to really got to him at the beginning. But I'll give it to the Rams. They've really impressed me. Um, on the other end, though, with, with San Francisco, I don't think you could have had a luckier win against the Packers than this past weekend. What are your thoughts? 
on the uh, on the game in Green Bay. Yeah. No, that was you know, we 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 saw something that was it, it just aching. I I felt tired at the conclusion yeah. of it. You know, it, it was it was a special teams disaster. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you could clearly see he only trusted Devontae Adams. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo honestly did nothing to win that game. No. You know, and, and to stun Lambeau, Debo Samuel had, was limping off the field. Kittle limped off the field. Trent Williams limped off the field. You know, I, I just – quarterbacks, they, I, I feel you have to have a sense of trust with your wide receivers. Lazard was very open on that final play where Rodgers yep. threw into almost double coverage on Adams. You know, so I, I just suppose that the Niners are just a matchup nightmare for anybody. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, was my come away from it. You know, if you take a look at how, um, you know, the, the 49ers defense, you know, it, I, to me, it looks like they just simply don't care if you have an elite wide receiver. Go, go, go ahead and target him 15 times, 18 times. They don't care because every time they make a catch, they get hit so hard that just, yeah. just like don't want to play anymore, you know, and their pass rush was successful outside and inside. I suppose. We, we probably would have seen a different result if Tanyan played. Uh, MVS wasn't there really to stretch the field. So, it, it, look, everyone's got to play with, with some kind of handicap, you know, this late in the season. They, they clearly had a lot of missing parts. But it, I, I think in the end, that's, that's all it took. And I just think that, again, the, the Niners matchups uh, just, just cause way too many problems. And that's, uh, yeah, and a little bit of luck, of course. <laughs> Me too. And you know what? I'm beating myself up because that was a, a a game before kickoff. I actually said, I was like, you know what? I don't know if the Niners are win, but I'm probably way off thinking the Packers are going to cover the five and a half or six and right. a half, whatever it was. And then the Packers go out and they score in the opening drive. And then you think, okay, well, yeah. you know, they're looking good. And then you don't see like, you know, their offense just fell apart. And to go on your point too about trusting wide receivers, you know, Randall Cobb was back for that game, and and Rogers, yeah, how about that? Yeah, and Rodgers just didn't look like he was trusting of that either. Um, and I think AJ Dillon going down kind of really hurt them as well. But you know, for everyone that was bashing the Packers special teams at the end of the game, I said. And in, in the end, Aaron Rodgers put up 10 points in a conference championship. I mean, in a divisional round playoff with home field advantage with the weather in his favor. And to me, watching Rodgers walk off the field and we'll just touch on this briefly. I don't I don't know. And, I, you know, I say this at the expense of our CEO. I don't know if I see Rodgers in a Packers uniform next season. I would think that um, here we go. Let's. <laughs> Let's warm this one up. Uh, okay. How do I do this the right way? Hot take, hot take, but uh, got to be safe on this. How about uh, he retires there? I'll, I'll say he retires. <laughs> Goes and hosts Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that, you know, with, with what you're seeing in the latest, of course, is uh, Nathaniel Hackett looks like he's going to be the Broncos head coach. Uh, so he's, he's leaving Wisconsin. So I don't know, maybe Denver. Uh, I, it, there's, there's, there's going to be clearly a lot of movement, uh, but when it comes to, you know, the MVP, MVP favorite, I, I, I don't think that with, with so many years that he put in, uh, I, I think he just needs to go away for a little while and, uh, you know, revisit everything. Who knows? He, he may have to wait until, you know, like he did, uh, in previous years, uh, see what they do in the draft and then make a decision, Allie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I was talking to a few of my friends this morning about after the news of Denver's hire and everything. And, you know, obviously that's all been speculation that's to lure Rodgers there. And I would guess wherever Rodgers would go, Adams would go as well. But if, I mean, if you look at Denver's team, yes, they have a, a, a pretty good defense. But their offense doesn't stick out to me. It, it's not like, you know, and there's been the Peyton Manning comparisons when he went to Denver. And, you know, I think Denver's defense was far superior back then than they are now. But for me, Rodgers, why would you want to go to a division in, you know, in the AFC West where you have the Chiefs, 
where you have the Chargers and they're going to be good for years to come. And you have the Raiders that just made the playoffs. Yes. And why would you leave the Packers where you have the Bears that, you know, I'm not loving their head coaching pick, but I don't see them being competitive for a few years. Minnesota's just constantly mediocre up in the air. So for me, it's Detroit. You know, we don't even have to talk about that. No. <laughs> but for me, that's why I say I don't see him going to Denver. Like there, there's nothing appealing about Denver. You know, when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, I understood that because I'm like, well, Atlanta's not that good anymore. Carolina's not that good anymore. And the Saints, you, you know, you had a Drew Brees that was ready to retire. So that made more sense to me. But Aaron Rodgers going to Denver just does not make any sense to me whatsoever. All right, then in, in that case, quick, quick, fun little tangent. Okay. Allie, let's play buying or selling on, on a complete theoretical. All right, let's do it. All right, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, both go to the Denver Broncos with yeah. a team that's currently there. Yeah, selling. Buying or selling at 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm selling that. I just. <laughs> okay. You can't. I just, I, I can't, I can't. Cause, and then it's like, you need, you know, think of your divisional round. Are you playing Jimmy Garoppolo in the Niners or are you playing Josh Allen in the Bills or Pat Mahomes in the Chiefs? You know, yep. it's like, no, I don't. And Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. I, I don't, that's just not a team that if you were to give me other teams, I could see him going to New Orleans, you know, bring Devontae Adams, get a healthy Michael Thomas next year. That's more likely to me than Denver. But, you know, with Sean Payton leaving, that's less likely probably. But I'm with you. I, I just, I see him stepping away from football for a year, two years, forever. I just, I, he just looked defeated the other night. And yes, he did. I just don't see him coming back, but. We'll save that for another podcast episode in the off season. <laughs> yes, Let's go yes. back to the Rams and Niners. This is what I know people want to talk about. Now, spread open three and a half was exactly what I predicted it was going to be. Um, what are you seeing uh, bet wise? Is it is it like the total? Is it like about 50-50? Um, what are you seeing? Oh no, this is this is just a a wonderful spicy game for me to book, and and it happens pretty much on an hourly basis. Uh, we did actually see here in Nevada, one book opened up the Rams four, uh, which that that's, I, I simply couldn't do that. You know, we, we already know why. So I actually opened it up three uh, Rams as a three point favorite in and 46 and a half was the total. Um, I went to three and a half for a short bit and you can, you know, guess, you know, all I got was just a, a mountain of uh, San Francisco 49ers money on, on plus three and a half. So then you bring it back down to three uh, and then a little bit more pushback. Uh, so it, it's, there's a lot of buyback on, on the game and it's, and it's all just throttled between the three and the three and a half. Uh, for me, honestly, it, I, I think I'm going to end up closing Rams three, uh, mm -hmm. despite there being three and a half pretty much everywhere right now. It's just, uh, you know, the, the one thing that of course that we, we circled back to from a little while back was my opinion on the total. So, I, I think the game definitely goes over. Uh, and so that's why uh, we, we took a look again, the two previous games closed 51 and 47. So I opened it up a little bit higher and, you know, right now the ticket count is still uh, in balance. So no reason to touch that just yet. Yeah. Um, and, and I just think just from, from a better perspective, you know, Ali, I, I just love to hear your take right here on, uh, you know, how do you think that this game is going to play out in a, in a beautifully climate controlled brand new stadium? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've been hearing all week that the Niners have the Rams number. They won what the last six meetings between them twice this year, including the last game of the regular season. That was a thrilling overtime game. Um, I didn't listen to people last week that told me the same thing that. Niners have had Aaron Rodgers and the Packers number forever. I kind of discarded that. I said Green Bay, Lambeau, Snow, totally different. Now you got, you know, I think it's going to be in the 70s here on Sunday. 
I'm going with the Niners. And I think that that three and a half point spread that you mentioned earlier, that's what I'm jumping on because I think this could be a low scoring field field goal game. Or if it is high scoring, I still think it comes to the last possession and I want that half point. I don't want to push. So for me, I already took the Niners plus three and a half. What I think the money line, I think the Niners continue to have the Rams number and do the upset. I'm not as confident to take the money line yet. That could change in the next few days, you know, just to see how I shift. But for me, I think this is you, that half point makes all the difference. It, it makes a ton of difference. Ali, I completely agree. And again, that's why I have it at three. Uh, and it ain't just because of the, the high volume of, of Niners bets. I actually think the game needs to be two and a half. Uh, you know, but I, I just think, look, the, the Rams disguise their coverage more than pretty much anyone. And because the Niners run motion so often on first and second down, that just mitigates the Rams defense. You know, they, they can stop the Bengals and the Chiefs, but I just don't think the Niners. Again, I just think that the Niners have one of the most complex offenses, you know, anywhere in this league. It's just this. This is just a tough matchup for the Rams. You know, Garoppolo's played really well against them. The thumb narrative, you know, was highlighted because it was in Lambo. So let's forget about that. It's indoors. Crowd noise is going to be lower as well because I think it's going to be a 50-50 split in the stands. Uh, and, and, you know, I, again, just concentrating on, on what I've been studying is that, you know, because they've got this complex running game, their passing game, the Niners, that is, mm-hmm. it creates a ton of space over the middle. Yep. Ali, heat map shows that Garoppolo throws mostly over the middle from zero to 15 yards, right? He's ranked very high in yards per play and is throwing the most in the middle off, you know, off the field. The Rams defense against that kind of offense specifically, I think they're ranked like 29th, you know, so it just really plays itself into the Niners favor here. Yeah. And Um, and we saw the last the way I saw it. Right. Yeah. And we saw the last time they played each other. I, you especially use George Kittle more as a blocker. Yes. Jimmy G that extra time and then have Jawan Jennings or Brandon Ayuk like get open in that middle and not necessarily, you know, rely on just Debo to make all the catches. I don't think you stop that. And that's why, even though I'm not a hundred percent yet, but I'm leaning toward Niners money line. Um, I just, I think that the Niners continue to have the Rams number and First of all, I'm I'm taking both underdogs to cover, but I think you could see a Bengals Niners Super Bowl in two weeks. Now that's a hot take. <laughs> you know, I, I offered I offered a proposition. It was an exact proposition where you could have selected that exact matchup. Ali, I think you could have gotten like fifty to one if I remember right. Oh, I know, I know. And we're gonna play that. And we're gonna play the guess the the point spread game in in a minute. Yes. Um, yes. The four possible Super Bowl matches, but just to wrap up here, you know, I this is this is a fun. This is going to be a fun game this Sunday because, like you said, SoFi Stadium is going to be 50-50. Already, I have Rams fans complaining to me how you know Niners fans are buying up the tickets, and I'm like, well, what do you want them to do? Not go to the game? Like, <laughs> if you can afford right. it, go. Um, I wouldn't want to be at SoFi just because the parking situation there I know is horrendous. Um, but you know, you suck it up and you go to the game, but I think, you know, in a sense, I don't really see the Rams technically having a home field advantage in this game because there's just as there's going to be just as many Niners fans there. The Niners are playing, you know, in California where they're from. Um, it's only a five hour, you know, car ride from San Francisco to LA. So, I think you have to throw home field advantage out and these teams are pretty much playing on a neutral surface. And like you said, I, it's hard for me to see the Rams defense figuring out the Niners offense. And in the end, Kyle Shanahan's going to come up with something that exposes their weakness and knock on Jimmy G all you want, but he somehow wins these games. <laughs> like, can you think of a quarterback, you know, that that's, that potentially is about to go to his second Super Bowl 
that has done less for a team? No, no, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Garoppolo in four career playoff wins, he's averaging less than 18 pass attempts per game. Yeah. So no, (laughs) no. No, and, and, you know, we talked about it, too, going back to the Titans. You know, I said last week, I said, who do you see, who do you trust in a two-minute jail? Ryan Tannehill and Joe, or Joe Burrow, and we both sided with Burrow. You know, Jimmy G is the one quarterback in this matchup between, you know, the Rams, you know, with Stafford, that if you said to me, who do you want to lead your team in a two-minute drill, I'd kind of have to be like, he's not the better quarterback at all, but – Jimmy D somehow gets it done. I I can't knock that. So for me, you know, it's, it's like, this is a guy that, and he stepped up against the Packers, you know, they, they ran out the clock in the last possession and they kicked the field goal to win. I just think that if the Niners have a chance to end the game, they will, and they'll come out victorious. It sounds like um, two dog picks for you, Allie. So two dog picks for me. Uh, I'm going to go over in the Kansas City game, under in the Niners game. We're, we're almost perfectly in line. Uh, I, I do side with both underdogs here, plus the three and a half with San Francisco. Uh, and again, for those listeners uh, looking for the edge, um, that one you might want to grab now. I think it closes three. And for the Bengals, if you're looking at back the Bengals, wait, because that seven could become a seven and a half. The worst thing that you do is you still get your seven. Uh, I'm I, I, in the first game uh, with Cincinnati and Kansas City. I, I really uh, like the over far more. Mm-hmm. Again, with, uh, with the total, you could find uh, 54s out there. Uh, so go ahead and make sure you get your best price there. Uh, and with the Niners game, I, Allie, you know, as we look, you know, towards what's going to happen come Sunday night, I just see it's going to be the the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think we're both in agreement on the Niners for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm going to make the the leap and say I just somehow think that the Bengals are going to get the better of the Chiefs, and that's going to be your big stunner because even though the spread's three and a half, it just the Niners beat the Rams already twice this season. Like I said, they, I think they won their last six matchups. I don't overly see it as a big upset. So I think that, that this is a more of a level playing field than a lot of people want to take, but who knows? But now that we have done all our analysis, let's play guess the spread for the Super Bowl. Right. And so as, as a, uh, uh, as a preface to this, uh, this is actually uh, a set of propositions that you can bet on right now here at my book at Baldini's. Uh, these are possible Super Bowl matchups uh, that, of course, you have to have, uh, you know, action. So if the event doesn't occur, it's, it's not a losing bet. You know, it's, it's a refund. Right. Uh, but let's take a look at um, these four different individual matchups, Allie, and let's see uh, where you come here. Chiefs. And Rams, Chiefs and Rams. What do you have the spread as? Chiefs and Rams. So anyone, anyone, any of the two matchups with the Rams, you, I'm, you got to factor in that they're playing in LA for me. Uh, but I still think the Chiefs are the better team. Um, you can't knock that this is their third football. So I would go Chiefs minus three. Two and a half. Okay, so. That's, <laughs> that's great. Same. That's great. Now, and again, as, as you come up with these numbers, you're giving yourself a, a little bit of a handicapping edge because, again, little tips that I picked along the way, I always, you know, grab a blank sheet for the following week and say, well, I'm going to make my own lines here and see how close I am to the consensus. It makes you a sharper bookmaker or a sharper better. That's what kind of the whole purpose of this is. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think two and a half is fair. I, I, th- I think that, you know, basically same thing. You're not going to push with a field goal. Um, if that be the case. So yeah, I would totally say two and a half is fair. You know, you're going to have your Rams betters out here. Um, people that are going to say they got the home field advantage. And I will say too, people like betting against, you know, the team that was just in the Super Bowl, just to bet against the team that was just in the Super Bowl. So <laughs> very good. Very good. Okay. Sense. So what's, what's next? How, how about the next one? The other, the other possibility here for the NFC, how about chiefs and Niners? Chiefs and Niners, um, 
So obviously, even though it's in LA, California, you can't you can't really give the Niners a home field advantage. I think it's gonna you were gonna see similar to the the Niners and Packers, but I think maybe a little higher. I would say Niners plus seven and a half. Too high. Too high. Okay. Too high. I have it three and a half, but again, really? probably because yeah. of the, the Bay Area influence that's keeping me in, uh, you know, in check. So uh, I, again, uh, keep these keep these numbers in mind. Yeah, when, you, no. when the Super Bowl comes, you've got yourself quite a decision here. That's interesting. Um, you know, I did factor in when I was thinking about it at the last second. I said, well, these two teams did play in the Super Bowl two years ago. Yes. But I, yeah, I thought I would think maybe they're they're on like the the same level as the Packers with the spread. But hey, you know, that's surprising to me. Um, now, if I did see that line open three and a half, I'd be all over the Niners. I'd be like, okay, what is what is Vegas and the bookies know that? I <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, uh, you have okay. a team. You have a team that just got in the playoffs in overtime the last weekend. And had everything go right for them to make it to the Super Bowl, and they're only three and a half underdogs to the Chiefs. I'd be like, okay, I'm taking the Niners. I'm not even thinking twice about that one. Good, good let's, stuff. Let, right, now let's. let's go. We got. We, we do have two more. We have. Yeah, let's uh, go. We got uh, Rams and Bengals. The Bengals is the one team we haven't put into these possible Super Bowl matchups. What do you make Rams and Bengals? Okay, so I think that the Bengals have been getting disrespected all season, including this week. Um, but I, th- and I think that they're still going to get disrespected because they're from Cincinnati and they're the Bengals. Um, I think the spread's probably eight and a half. Too high again, Allie. Oh, boy. So talk about disrespect. Uh, I've got Rams four. Oh, gosh. Okay. Rams four. So, again, boy, are you setting yourself up, you know, with, with some really good positions here. Uh, you know, if, if you are taking a look at, you know, what you like versus what the actual spread is. Yeah, and that's another thing, as we were just talking about. If I saw Bengals plus four against the Rams, I'm jumping on the Bengals because – knowing the public's probably going to jump all over the Rams. I mean, you know, the Rams are, are Hollywood. They're, they're Odell Beckham. Now they're Matt Stafford, Cooper cup, <laughs> right. and the Bengals are this like nitty gritty team. So that's a get that, that would be a spread that I would see people jumping all over the public, at least jumping all over the Rams. And then the sharps just going in on the Bengals. Wow. I, I will say this. You are three for three right now and definitely having the correct favorite. So um, massive tip of the hat to you here, Allie. All right, let's go to the last one. <laughs> Niners and Bengals. Niners and Bengals. I think that's a pick em. I really do. That's I, have Bay, I have Bay Area bias. Niners, two and a half. Two and okay. A half. Close enough. Close enough. I can see that because <laughs> it's in California still. Um, but yeah, that to me, that and that's what I think the Super Bowl matchup is. I'm going to say it right now, but... If, if you were to tell me it's it's Bengals and Niners, two and a half, I mean, that's pretty much a pick em for me anyway in a Super Bowl game. But I, you might be look, you might, Jimmy G might be giving the Niners a reason to keep them next year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be an interesting Super Bowl. That would be an under for me for sure. And that's, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I agree. Yeah, I love it. Um, this is such an exciting time of year. And I, you know, well, let's touch on this really quick. I hate the two weeks in between, you know, the conference championships and the Super Bowl. I think we need to go back to the Super Bowl that gets played the week after. I don't like the pro ball in the middle. Um, and I will say that it's really affected my betting a lot with the total when the, when teams have to take two weeks off from playing. And I always say everyone wants to bet the over in the Super Bowl. I nine out of 10 times I'll bet the under in the Super Bowl. So what's your thoughts on the two weeks difference in between? No, I, I, I never liked it. Uh, never cared for it. And I, I, I think that you're, you're right. You know, of course, you know, all the buildup that goes into it, you know, for, for us, 
it really doesn't matter. You know, everyone's going to be betting into the propositions and the, the book that I'm about to create in the hours myself and my team are about to put in to, to create, you know, some of the really great propositions that we do each and every year. But I, I think ultimately uh, it does create like a hiccup that I, I don't know if it would, well, look, it can't help it at all. I mean, if, if you go ahead and, and just go right into the Super Bowl, um, you know, then you'll probably have some people saying, well, we didn't get, you know, the full uh, possible allotment of time to get healthy. Well, you know, you don't really have that during the regular season right. either, you know, so, so onwards and upwards. Um, for me, uh, one week, let's, let's just get right to the championship. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've always been a big sports, uh, not just better, but I played every single sport growing up and everything. And I've been to my share of championships and I was like, I hate having momentum destroyed. You know, you, you, there's nothing worse than having that lull in between. And we've had that for, that's why I, too, like, I think the buy is overrated. And we just saw that with Green Bay. And we just saw that with Tennessee this past weekend. Um, I think, you know, you lose a little bit of your edge uh, and you come out a little rusty. So I'm one for, you know, I know they're trying to get ratings for the pro ball. They're never going to get ratings for the pro ball. They just need to like, let that ship sail and put the Super Bowl right where it belongs, especially with now that we have an 18 week regular season. It's like, I, I don't want to watch the Super Bowl mid-February. It should be the last week of January or at le- the very latest, the first weekend of February. That's just my opinion. But, you know, I'm not Roger Goodell. I'm not collecting a lot of money. So <laughs> I'm just trying to win it. <laughs> No, no, neither am I, and I'm and I'm wholeheartedly agreeing with you. 18 week season, yeah, let's just go straight to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Robert. Uh, just to recap, everyone, before we leave, we both like the underdogs to cover this weekend. I'm being a little more bullish and calling the Bengals with the outright win, uh, and I'm agreeing with Robert on the Niners' outright win. Um, not ready to pull the trigger on that money line yet, but. Knowing me, that will definitely change, and I will. Um, we both like the over in the Chiefs game. I like the under in the Niners. Robert likes the over. So hopefully we gave you plenty of insight and analysis to look at and help you with your bets. Um, and, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. We want to see, like we did this past weekend, just some close games, grind-out games, exciting games. And then hopefully, I think, I don't think you can argue with any of the four matchups that we're going to have a good Super Bowl. So thank you so much for joining. And thank you, Robert, for joining me as well. And we'll see you next week, everyone. Always a pleasure, Allie. Take care.